and I just wanted to, you know, just shout out and say that's just the opposite of the gospel message. Yeah. That I can have restoration, that I don't have to be defined by the mistakes that I've made, that I can have, I can be restored, I can be made new, I can experience the fulfilling purpose that God has for my life. And um, that if that's not true, then the gospel message isn't true. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Praxis Podcast. Praxis is the college-age community of Three Crosses Church in Castro Valley, California, and this podcast exists for the purpose of engaging in conversations that help young people flourish in life and faith. I'm your host, Max Critchfield, the pastor of the college-age community at Three Crosses Church, and we're so glad you're here. Well, in this first season of the Praxis Podcast, we have been talking about mental health, as well as exploring the connections between uh, mental and emotional health and Christian faith. And I'm joined for today's conversation by my amazing friend, Amanda Galetto. Say hi, Amanda. Hey, guys. She's been with us all season long, and it's been a blessing to hear uh, her heart, her insight, um, just speaking out of her skill as a therapist and as a follower of Jesus as well. And uh, today we're going to be talking about a topic that her and I, even as we were discussing before we started, we just feel a little, we're a little scrunched in the shoulders about, we feel a little tense. <laughs> and, For sure. Uh, that's part of the reason why we're going to be talking about it. Uh, but before we get there, we have the little segment that we start each episode with, which is the precious moment. And uh, the precious moment is just where we take a moment to uh, think about and share what's something that's that's made us smile or that has sparked joy for us recently. So um, I'll go first. Um, and I was even just thinking about it with that little phrase, spark joy. And uh, if you're familiar with uh, that comes from a gal named Marie Kondo. And uh, she's kind of like this decluttering guru and uh, you know she talks about picking up everything in your house and seeing if it sparks joy for you and it doesn't then like giving it away or something like that and um, <laughs> I was uh, reading I think maybe it was this this last weekend and I saw a headline and she said that uh, she now has three children and she said, after uh, having three children, I basically have given up on cleaning my house. Like my house is messy, it's less tidy. And um, and so I screenshotted it and I sent it to my wife because we have three children. And I was like, look, you know, <laughs> like the spark joy lady, she said after having three kids, she's not even trying to keep her house clean anymore. You know, so it was just kind of this like moment of euphoria. It was like, okay, you know, we're not alone in like the, the difficulty of just like cleaning and having kids. Like as soon as you make a mess, like, or as soon as you clean up a mess, it's just, it's just there again, you know? And so it just brought like some, some validation, some peace. It just made me laugh. So that's something that um, has sparked a joy for me recently. That's my precious moment. So. Yeah, I saw that article and I equally felt relieved. Yes, that's so funny. <laughs> How about you, Amanda? What's your precious moment? Yeah, I uh, this week's been a little abnormal in some ways. And so something that sparked a joy for me was our 18-month-old yellow lab. Aww. He is a bundle of joy and he has recently started to jump up like when he wants to kind of dance. Yeah. And 
obviously we don't want him to do that on you know random people but at home <laughs> you know the music sure. playing it's a joyful experience and for me uh this last week having that moment with him was was just really precious in the middle of life last week so that mm. was the one that came to my mind is seeing his happy little face and him like wanting to dance we call him a i guess yellow labs are butt wigglers wigglers okay yeah. And like just have this big <laughs> swing. Yeah. And so you just know you're in uh, a good space with Sammy when you see that thing just going. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> lots of joy there from him. Oh, that's beautiful. Thanks yep. for sharing that. Well, as we begin today's episode, we uh, read our disclaimer, which is this. That this podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. If you need immediate assistance, call 988. Well, now we get into the conversation uh, for today's episode of the podcast. And if you've clicked on it, you already see the title. And the title of this episode is Sex. Sex. The title of this episode is Sex. And uh, sometimes uh, for us, I think as Christians and for me as a pastor, uh, just saying that word out loud just makes us uncomfortable, you know? (laughs) And I would just applaud you, the listener, if you've clicked on this episode because you said, I'm willing to listen to this episode about sex. Okay, Uh so (laughs) gold star for you here at the very start. But um, I was kind of relaying with Amanda, and we were talking about this episode, and we were kind of going back and forth of like, dude, is this a topic we want to cover, you know, from like a a mental health perspective? We're going to get into the reasons why for that briefly, but I was just relaying to her a story of why I think having a conversation where I think Amanda and I both would admit we feel a little inadequate, you know, just in this podcast format, you know, like talking about a subject that's so intimate and personal and can be a source of, you know, pain and confusion for many people. I was, I was talking with somebody one time and they were relaying this story when they they were driving in the car with their mom, I think, and they're maybe 10, 11, 12 years old, maybe middle school age. And they turned uh, to their mom and just kind of out of the blue, they said, you know, mom, what is sex? And uh, they said that their mom had like this horrified look on her face. And she just turned to her and she said, never ask me about that again. And um, this person was relaying this story, you know, 10, 15, 20 years after that happened. And it was kind of seared in their mind, you know, and that this topic of sex, um, they didn't even know what it was, but that it wasn't something that they could talk about you know, with the people that were closest to them and that were safe for them, you know, the people who were caring for them. And I think just bringing up the topic of sex makes us uncomfortable, you know, but it is such a significant topic. It's a part of our createdness. Um, And it's something in which we want to honor the Lord if we're walking with him. And sometimes the door just kind of gets slammed in our face. Um, on the topic of sex because we don't want to talk about it or we're afraid we're going to say the wrong thing, um, that we're going to offend, uh, we're going to say something inappropriate. And so Amanda and I were just both kind of confessing our, our shoulders were a little scrunched, you know, before we started this conversation and we just, we spent some time in prayer and hoping that this is a conversation that's a blessing to you, the listener, and um, that this could be a place where we're talking about 
God's desire for sex. We're talking about the questions that we have about it um, in a way that um, is a blessing for you listening. So that's just kind of how what we're laying out here at the start for our conversation. Um, and I think from from a faith perspective, I think there's kind of like two categories. There's more, you know, there's kind of like the theological and like the therapeutic, you know, when it comes to talking about sex. And they overlap at many points, obviously, and we're going to be talking about the connections between those two things. But Amanda, let me just put that to you as we kind of made this uh, one of our topics for the podcast, which is that kind of in this season, talking about mental health, why would you say that sex is a mental health issue or sexual desire uh, being something that we would talk about on a podcast season about mental health. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that sexuality is part of who we are. Mm. And when we live in our wholeness, then we're accepting all parts of ourselves. And our sexuality is a part of ourself just as much as our physical health, our dental health, <laughs> yes. Um, circa first or second podcast. Yeah, I was just talking session. to somebody about that, and they said they really liked that 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 picture of the the mental right. hygiene. So totally the mental hygiene, the dental hygiene. We we've been talking about it all, and you know, sexual health kind of I think goes right in that same conversation. <clears throat> Is it's part of our identity, part of um, you know who we are as a whole. It's not our whole self, but it's a part of ourself. And, you know, the reason it matters to mental health specifically is that, you know, there can be, um, you know, a mental health struggle that someone is facing and then their sexual health be impacted. So then from there, there's, you know, different studies and coping techniques. So if you have anxiety, you know, do you struggle to realize your full sexual self? Most likely you do. Because um, you're maybe living in your head more often than not. Sure. <laughs> now, when you say like your sexual self, like what what exactly do you mean by that? You know, we're talking about like being sure. a whole person, like the whole person that God has created us to be yeah. and our sexual desires, being a part of that. Um, you know, but what, what what do you mean by that when you say sexual self? Yeah, I think that your sexual self is the person that is able to identify their sexual desires, needs, aware of how their body is responding, right? Being able to be integrated in that part of yourself is your sexual health, your sexual self. I'm kind of using those interchangeably. Um, you know, I'm thinking about this being part of our createdness about, you know, kind of God's desire, um, for us, and I'm thinking about, you know, in the book of Genesis, that um, kind of what we talk about is like the pre-fall, you know, before sin enters humanity, brokenness, all of this stuff. And it's a pretty short window. You know, it's like the first two chapters of Genesis. Genesis 3, everything goes sideways. Right. And it's all broken kind of until Revelation 20, you know, <laughs> until like the last the last couple chapters is when everything's made right again. But, uh, you know, prior to that fall, right, God makes Adam and Eve. He makes all of creation. He says it's very good, right? Right. And um, he tells them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, right? We've been talking about that um, in some different contexts here at, at Three Crosses at the church that we're a part of. And, um, and so his call to Adam and Eve, you know, as husband and wife is to be fruitful and multiply, to have sex, to have children. And so I think that that's something sometimes that gets 
um, pushed down, you know, is that sex is a part of God's good creation. He, he creates it in the context of husband and wife in the context of marriage, but it's, it's good. And then, right. um, and then things go sideways and it kind of sin enters humanity and things become broken and shame. You know, I was, I mean, we're going to talk probably about shame about other points in this episode, but that's kind of the f- first response of Adam and Eve to when sin enters the world is they're then covering up themselves. You know, they're experiencing shame um, at their nakedness and um, it goes downhill from there until um, God makes it right. But I just think that that's, important to recognize is that sex is something that God made that's that's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it's um that's usually where um man has maybe interjected <clears throat> this other perspective of shame, right, in the context of the stri- scripture that's following, right, is then to you know never to be sexual immoral and and then it kind of continues to go that direction so i think you know if you were to google faith and sex right you're you know and getting any scripture that's coming up it's going to be a list of don'ts and Mm. right so i think this beginning point that you're making is really important for people is that god's heart is for you to experience pleasure and intimacy in his design by his creation of sex. And that's, that was the original creation of sex. Sure. Yeah. And I think for people who are listening, it's maybe young people. um, There might be people listening who are married, um, but you know, as a podcast for helping young people flourish in life and faith, you might be listening and you're not married. And if we're talking about marriage as being the place where we experience the fulfillment of our sexual desires, I maybe am frustrated at some point to some degree in that because I have these desires for deep intimacy, sexual, relational, all of that stuff. But um, I can't experience the fulfillment of that because I'm not married. You know, and I'm seeking to honor God in that way. So sure. You know, how can I honor God's design for my sexual desires while not kind of writing them off as shameful or bad, like you were saying of like, usually when we Google this, it's like all about the the no, the don't, kind of that mom posture of like, never ask me about that. Don't do it. It's bad. You know, it's right. evil. And that's kind of the, the word that's been shared with us, you know? So how can I, I live in kind of this, like this integration of identity, like you were right. saying, um, without writing that part off of like, that's this ugly part of me that I need to get rid of, um, but at the same time, honoring God's desire for the expression of my sexual desires. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I'm thinking of the, you know, the bumper sticker or the t-shirt that says sexual, but celibate. (laughs) Okay. Right. Where, where there is an awareness that I am a sexual being that's choosing to be celibate or absent at this, at this point. And so, remembering that I am created and that I do have desire and interest, it doesn't get cut off because I'm choosing celibacy. It's not gone because I'm choosing to be absent and I can interact with it and talk about it and be honest about it. So then there's both rather than one. Whereas I think um, there may have been a heavier emphasis on just the commitment to purity at one point, Rather yeah. than I'm pure and sexual, it, mm. um, in the mm. same conversation, in the same sentence, I am both. I am yeah. not one, and then one doesn't become more prized than the other. 
um, because there's that piece as well where th there might be some um, elevation of sexual celibacy that that I also don't know is the full creation either. Yeah, I think and we're talking about this topic of sex. Um, you know, in the recent discourse, there's been dialogue about purity culture, you know, which you touched on a bit there. And I know you talked about kind of dealing with have, helping people who've maybe experienced trauma or trauma in the church. And sometimes that's been around issues of sex and yep. maybe the shame that gets attached to maybe mistakes that we've made in the past that we're not proud of or whatever. And, um, <clears throat> and I think when you talk about sex, sometimes it is sort of a Maybe I've engaged with these things. You know, I did things that were inappropriate. And, um, but what, what do I do now? And sometimes that's, has been a point of pain. And I think a place where um, we've received poor counsel, you know, from, you know, of what God would say to us in the midst of that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think it comes out of, really coming in to the details of inappropriate behavior rather than the acceptance that this behavior is just maybe too soon, right. that this is actually part of me and, and that well, there may need to be accountability and yet there's still a openness and graciousness about the wiring that is God-given. And I think back you know, uh, in the purity culture perspective, it, it was just unfortunately more about exactly what you did wrong and repenting that. And it, it just felt too defining to identity. And that's mm -hmm. just not the whole self perspective. That is what God teaches us. It's a piece of the puzzle. Um, and at that time it may have gone on to some pedestal, which was maybe Part of the damage from that period of time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually driving in today to record this episode, I was recalling uh, something that I heard another pastor say, you know, I've been a youth pastor for many years and um, I, I got hot about it. I mean, honestly, yeah. I was, um, it, it made me upset. And sure. I remember uh, this person was giving up a, a youth message, you know, and um, he was talking, he had, this person had daughters and he was talking like his um, daughter had like, you know, remained pure and like stayed away from like, you know, dating choices and things like that. And she had like friends who maybe were sexually active with a boyfriend or something like that. And um, he said in his message, he said that, his daughter had said to them, you know, um, <laughs> she said, I, uh, I can become what you are, but you can never be what I am. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it, uh, it really just struck me to my core, you know, of just, um, this misconception that, um, Maybe if I made these choices in my life, that I, I could never be whole again, you know, and that I've made a mistake that I can't come back from, that I can't realize God's good vision for my life because of what I've done or what's been done to me. And I just wanted to, you know, just shout out and say, that's just, 
the opposite of the gospel message. Yeah. That I can have restoration, that I don't have to be defined by the mistakes that I've made, that I can have, I can be restored, I can be made new, I can experience the fulfilling purpose that God has for my life. And right. And um, that if that's not true, then the gospel message isn't true. You 100%. know? 100%. So um, <clears throat> that really pissed me off, honestly. I don't know if I can say pissed off on this podcast, but I guess I made the I, podcast, so I can say <laughs> Yeah, we can definitely say pissed off on that. Yep, let's, let's and, go and do that. Um, yep. And I just think about the hurt that people carry, you know, about around like shame and guilt. And I think we've just elevated maybe like sexual sin above other things like yeah you may you know anger or greed you know or prejudice it's like yeah those are kind of but like sexual sin it's like oh it's in this special category like i was even thinking and you know jesus talks about uh, people who blaspheme against the holy spirit will will never you know not be forgiven you know i was talking with somebody recently about what that means i wrote a paper about it in college but yeah i think we functionally sometimes said like you know sexual sin is the unforgivable sin you know and like that's we a hundred percent receive that message yes and I think just to, just a resounding that's not true, mm-hmm. um, that forgiveness is available, restoration is available. Um, and I've been thinking about my, my own story, you know, with, with my wife and I. We've been married for 15 years. And, um, uh, you know, in my middle school, in my high school years, uh, you know, just dating, uh, making mistakes in this area just coming to a place of, of brokenness and, and that, that, that did have consequences that my wife and I had to work through in our relationship. But as I, you know, it was just our 15 year wedding anniversary in September of this last year. And, um, and just being in, in awe of just the, the depth of our relationship, the intimacy, right. The, the sexual intimacy being a part of our relationship that's incredibly fulfilling and good and um, that if that message were true of like, oh, if you made these mistakes, you're never going to have a fulfilling marriage or you've, you've missed the boat forever, um, that it's just dead wrong. And, um, and I just I give thanks to God for the ways in which he works um, in our lives um, in spite of the, <laughs> the mistakes we make, the wrong turns we take, um, the wrong information that we receive. Um, and that's just a testament to the working of God in our lives. And um, it's a good thing. Amen. Well, on that topic of of kind of shame, maybe the people are listening to this podcast perhaps and they're carrying some shame, you know, of like I made choices I wasn't proud of or maybe I, I didn't know better and now I do. And I'm just, I'm like stuck in the past. I'm thinking about what I did. Um, what what hope? I mean, we talked about this a bit already, but just what hope is available for us and healing, you know, and talking in a in a therapy context, in a you know walking in faith context, if we're maybe feeling just burdened by the shame of our past choices. Yeah, I I think the first most important place to go is between you and God. Sure. And just asking him to meet you in all the messaging that you've received, all the shame that you carry, and to ask him for help in that place. And that might lead to words of peace. It might lead to grace in that moment with him. It might lead to repentance. It might lead to 
you um, seeking support from a pastor or a therapist who can give you a perspective around scripture that maybe you didn't receive or hold. But I think the first step is coming before the Lord and in just all of the honesty and all of the confusion and all of the blame and shame that you might be in um, and just presenting it to him with hands wide open for him to take and relieve you of because that's not consistent with his love for you, for you to be years and years and years later thinking about a small moment of time where you didn't necessarily even understand your body and maybe even understand the scripture. It, it wasn't meant to be a chapter in your story. It was meant to be a sentence and a sentence that he would restore. Mm. Yes. Not your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. We sing this song that I love. It's called the father's house and um, get a little emotional just thinking about it, but <clears throat> I don't know, maybe it hits me because I think, if failure did define me, uh, I would be defined by failure. You know, I've made a right. lot of mistakes. But there's this line in the song where it says, failure doesn't define me. That's what my father does. And um, I think especially in this area, um, when we feel like we've let God down or the people down because we've made you know poor choices when it comes to our sexual desires, um, it can feel like our failures do define us. And like we're marked with like the scarlet letter, you know, <laughs> and um, we're damaged goods for life. And, you know, that the witness of the scriptures, is, that's not the case that God defines who we are and he calls us blessed. He calls us beloved. He says what great love that he's lavished on us that we would be called children of God. And that is what we are. You know, first John one, uh, three verse one. And, um, I think that that can bring healing. It can bring, uh, just peace to us when, um, just in the midst of some of that turmoil. And I hope it does for you if you're listening to this message. Well, uh, you know, we're talking about kind of embracing the wholeness of who we are, right? Our sexual desire, longing for connection, intimacy, being a part of that. So what can we do to kind of embrace that um, as a Christian? Um, I think you wrote here, supporting kind of a body and sexuality positive place for ourselves, like not compartmentalizing or pushing that off to the side of like, this is what I should feel bad about, but this is part of me and it's good. You know, what, what would we say in that? Yeah, I mean, I so the the funny story in this for me it was my very first exposure to a body sexual positive, uh, you know, friend of mine was in college. Okay, she um, was full of life, and um, she is full of life, and <laughs> she, at some point, I don't even know how it started, but. At some point, the conversation became, uh, it's a, I want to have sex day. And it was said in a one-liner, but it was just acknowledging that part of ourselves. And she would say, and I, I, at the point, at that point, I, I was like, say what? Uh, okay. <laughs> My you know, goodness. It was so foreign coming out of, uh, you know, the true love waits movement. Mm. Um, and so she taught me at that time at 20 years old that it was okay to say 
that I am sexual with someone that I'm safe with. That's another female that I trust, that knows who I am, that knows I'm not, uh, you know, doing anything but just reporting in where I'm at for that day or that moment in this very funny, free way. And it gave so much life to our relationship. She, I think she just did it with a couple of girls in her life. And then I found myself repeating that to another girlfriend that I lived with when I needed to. And it just gave permission and permission that had never existed before. And that was my entry point to, oh, I'm, I'm celibate and sexual. Okay, here we go. And um, so that's a fun way to even have language. And, and that might actually be the thing that you need to say with friends today. Maybe there's another uh, female or male in your life that you trust that you could say that to, where you're just acknowledging that although God has not called me to act on my sexuality at this time, I am embracing that I am still sexual. And I'm just mm. letting you know, I, today is one of those days where I really wish I could be married. And uh, <laughs> I would really like to enjoy all that that is entailed. And, and the reason why, you know, Song of Solomon was hard to read, right? Um, <laughs> I'm just embracing that that's where I'm at. And so one of mm. the things is, is to find people to do that with. I think um, talking about your body with those same people is important. The things that you like about your body, um, the desires and urges that you might have that are uniquely part of you, rather than assuming that they go away because you're choosing to be abstinent, talking about them, leaning into it and having it be part of, just like you're saying, I'm feeling blue today, or I my tummy hurts, I'm, I'm PMSing or whatever it could be. I'm also um, having thoughts today about um, wishing I was married and, and, and maybe that includes them praying for you or maybe it, they say same in a text back to you. And there's just this moment where you're able to say, okay, that's where I am today. Um, and it also could look like body positive messaging in the mirror and you could be naked in front of yourself. You could not be and saying words and encouraging just that space today. I feel this way and I'm in this body and, and that feels important to say. And, um, you are allowing yourself to embrace the body that you're in, to embrace the urges and desires that you have while also remembering God has a bigger plan for you that you may want to to be in a relationship before you explore. Um, so positive self-talk. Um, I want to express myself and I'm noticing that there is sexual tension that I'm carrying today. I'm mm -hmm. calling it out to my friends today. I am feeling the tension, but I'm also feeling desire and I get the reason that exists. So there's just a lot of acceptance and um, humility in just being a believer and choosing to walk in abstinence. Sure. Yeah, I was just thinking about kind of the, how damaging it can be to kind of maybe hate a part of ourselves, you know? And, and I think there's this tension there of like, hey, I, I want to live a life that pleases God. And that means kind of putting off and putting on kind of in the language of the scriptures of like kind of putting off sexual immorality, greed, drunkenness, you know, kind of all these things. And I'm putting on these, these clothes that fit who I am, not like physical clothes, but kind of this, this new person, because I'm, I'm walking with the Lord. I want to please him. Um, and at the same time of 
not equating that with like compartmentalizing part of myself, you know, and shaming myself, you know, but saying all of who God has made me is good. We have to be honest that it is literally part of your anatomy. Hmm. And at, you are choosing to remember that your anatomy is for the glory of the Lord, hmm. but that your anatomy doesn't go away because you're deciding to follow Jesus. Yes. Well, uh, anything else we want to say as we land the plane on this topic? Maybe somebody should make the t-shirts. Sexual and celibate. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's, there is a movement that is waiting to happen in Christianity mm. that you can be both. And if you uh, choose to hop on that wagon, I just... I, I'll definitely wear the shirt with you. <laughs> Email me. I mean, obviously I'm married right now, but uh, I, I'm happy to be in support of, you know, just that decision, right? That way of life. Uh, I just wanted to say also, as we're kind of landing this plane that um, right, I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, in addition to hosting this, I'm the pastor of the College Age community here at the church and um, kind of getting into topics of desire, longing, sex, relationships, marriage. Um, we did a six-week teaching series um, and just really wanting to kind of speak well and giving godly counsel around these topics that often people feel deeply, but often we feel scared to talk about. And so I'm going to link in the show notes to the audio messages to, uh, if you'd be interested in hearing more kind of from a, uh, you know, from our Christian community on this topic and, uh, would love to share that with you. Well, as we began the episode, we just want to say once again that this episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. If you need immediate assistance, call 988. Well, uh, I want to say a huge thank you to Amanda for helping us to engage with this very significant, very sensitive topic. I hope, uh, you know, maybe just at the end of this, let's all just take a deep breath, okay? Just breathe in, breathe out, okay? And I uh, hope that it was a blessing to you and um, really glad that we were able to have this conversation today. So thank you, Amanda. Thanks for having me, Max. It's always fun. And I feel really grateful to be part of this conversation on sex. Lovely. And thanks to you, the listener, for listening. We hope that you found today's conversation helpful. And if you have any questions that were raised by today's podcast episode, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at the Praxis Podcast, or actually just Praxis Podcast at threecrosses.org. That's Praxis Podcast at threecrosses.org. And we hope to catch you again soon. This is the Praxis Podcast. Have a great day.